Welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. Day four of the 2023 U.S. Open is on the horizon on this show. What a preview. The next 24 hours of action in New York help organize what is another chaotic schedule of matches. 32 singles battles on the day. Want to offer my top five must-watch matches in both the men's and women's singles draws. I do think this is a day where the men's side deserves your focus. There are a ton of fantastic battles. I think we're going to see some serious movement in the men's draw tomorrow. Certainly, guys like like Hubi Hercots, Grigor Dimitrov face serious tests in Jack Draper. Andy Murray will get into those battles here on today's show. But even top seeds I expect to advance, guys like Yannick Sinner, Andre Rublev, Alex Zverev, they're all going to get tested on day four of this event. So want to spend some time starting on the men's side of things. Of course, there are still some gems on the women's side of day four as well. Angevar versus Linda Naskova is a match made in cracked rackets heavens. You have a talented rising power tennis player in Linda Naskova taking on the perfect contrast in any matchup on Jabir, who of course survived her first set encounter with Kami Osorio. I feel bad having her back in upset alert for a second consecutive day, but I mean, look, it was a very tight opening round match, and I think Naskova's got the sort of juice to make that one interesting. So three seeds on the women's side in the upset alert category. I believe I have four seeds on the men's side of things. Certainly enjoyable battles for Vondrosova, for Svitolina, for others on that women's side as well. So we'll break it all down here on today's show. Again, I'll go through my categories. I'll talk about the upset alerts, significant matches to the draw, fun battles. Yes, we'll nerd alert, of course, as well, and then we'll get into my top five must-watch matches in both the men's and women's singles draws. If you're looking for recaps of each and every day of the U.S. Open, you all know where to turn. The Mini Break podcast feed is the place for you. You can find that wherever you listen to your podcasts or on our website, crackrackets.com. I will ask, as always, because I know it helps us with the formula gods, like, rate, subscribe, review, send to your friends. It takes 30 seconds. Once all of you do it, I'll stop asking, but always appreciate the five star. Always appreciate hearing your thoughts on this podcast, what you'd like us to do more of moving forward. So again, if you'd all be so kind, like, rate, subscribe, review, share with your friends. It's always appreciated here at Cracked Rackets. With all that said, let's get into a busy day four of the 2023 U.S. Open. And worth noting one more time here at the top, this is the last truly chaotic day of play on the schedule because with all due respect to third round, which is, of course, 32 singles matches uh, across the two draws, 16 a day, particularly in my role where I get to watch multiple matches throughout the course of the day and I have all day to track all of the action, that becomes far more manageable for me. Certainly becomes easier to watch at least a little bit of the highlights from everything. I hope for tennis fans everywhere, I may change the format of this preview 
starting tomorrow as we head into the third round. And again, as there are fewer and fewer matches for us to discuss, but this is the last day we have a broad calendar of matches. Again, 32 singles matches on the schedule, final half of the second round of play in the men's and women's singles draws. With that established, let's now talk about the schedule on day number four. Again, I want to start on the men's side. I have four seeds on upset alert. Now, Hubi Hercots is more in this category on principle than anything else. Certainly, Hubi escaped from a two-set slug deficit to earn a five-set first-round victory over Marc-Andre Hussler. And look, Hubi has had a good lead-in to this 2023 U.S. Open. I mean, you make a semifinal at one of Canada or Cincinnati, as he did in Cincy. Your two losses are to Carlos Alcaraz, both in three sets. He did his job, if you're Hubi Hurkats, who, by the way, also got wins over Tsitsipas, over Chorich, over a very much inform Alexi Popperin. Hubi, in the immediate term, has earned some sort of benefit of the doubt. And for what it's worth, I was looking it up. Has he had a feather-in-the-cap sort of slam result this year? No, probably not, but... Five-set loss, 7-6 in the fifth to Korda in the fourth round of Australia, given how well Korda played those first two months. Not a bad loss. Third-round loss to Juan Pablo Varillas at Roland Garros. Again, five-set loss, but the French is never where he's had his most success. You would have liked to see him get through that. I don't think that's a terrible loss. Four-set loss to Djokovic in the fourth round of Wimbledon. Not a bad loss at all. He's had a pretty good year at the Slams. That said... You know, he's taking on a guy in Jack Draper, the talented, what, 21-year-old British uh, British player. Reached his career high of number 38 to start the year. Dealt with a ton of injuries between really the end of Monte Carlo and the start of this North American hardcourt stretch. Still working his way back into form. Did get a confident three-set win over Radu Albot in round number one. Draper has weapons. He has gumption. He's had a, you know, he's made a quarterfinal at a 1,000 level event, which isn't the same thing as making a big run at a slam, but it is something. Uh, obviously, you look at what Jack Draper was able to accomplish at this event last season. He, of course, came to everyone's attention when he knocked out Felix straight sets in the second round. I don't think Hubi Hurkacz loses this match. I think he gets through in a tight four sets. I would also point out, and this stat was fascinating to me and why I became a little bit less convinced that an upset may be possible here for Draper. You look for Hubi Hurkacz. He's 24-6 and six in his career against left-handed players at the ATP level. He's beaten Draper twice. Now, both matches in three sets, once on clay, the other on hard courts. But 24-6 and six is pretty significant. And again, he got through in five, which is the shaky result. You wonder for Draper, how does his body recover after the three out of five sets? How does he deal with the pace and, you know, again, the relentless aggression of Hurkacz, which, again, you got to see to sort of get back acclimated to. I know these two did play earlier in the year, again, in Monte Carlo, but I think Hubi gets through. Obviously, that's a long breakdown of that match. That's my number one must-watch match of the day. I, I think that one could be very fun, and Hubi is predisposed to playing three-set f- matches in a two-out-of-three format or four-five-set matches at these slams, so I think that's the one that pops on everyone's radar on day four. I think Hubi has to be on upset alert just by virtue of, again, him being Hubi, but I do think he gets through in a tight four sets. I'll get into Dimitrov Murray more later, obviously on the list. 
Evans versus Botick. I mean, neither guy has had the greatest season. You look for, obviously, Dan Evans. Things have heated up for him of late as Evans manages to win that title in D.C., but, you know, didn't have the best results subsequently in either Canada or Cincinnati. He uh, loses first-round matches to Diallo, Musetti, respectively. Now, does get a three-set win over Daniel Galan in round one. Botick gets a withdrawal after winning the first set against Jordan Thompson. He, too, played just one match between Wimbledon and the U.S. Open, a first-round loss in Winston-Salem to Omni Kumar. Now the guy comes in the best form, so it has to be on the upset alert radar. That said, you probably lean Evans, given he did have at least the run in D.C. Last one on the upset radar has to be Echeverry versus the Stanimal. You know, Thomas Martin Echeverry, an impressive five-set win to close out last night. Stan, a very much more impressive in terms of the form he showed straight set victory over Nishioka in round number one. Didn't get tested too tough from a physical standpoint, did what Frank got off the court in an efficient time manner in round one. Echeverry, the late night five set match. Again, this is the sort of match Stan absolutely can win. Stan gets through this one. How fun would it be to watch him take on Sinner in round three? Stan's had a pretty decent stretch. You know, finals in Umag, wins over Tiafo Nakashima before getting knocked out by Purcell in Cincinnati. Now the straight set win over Nishioka. Again, early in the event is where he's going to thrive. I think he beats Echeverry tomorrow, who obviously quarterfinals of the French Open. He's followed that up subsequently with uh, a semifinal in Kitzbühel on clay. First round losses to Korda, Davidovich, Fokina, and Cincy Canada, respectively. Still looking for his big breakthrough moment, I suppose, at a hardcourt event. You look for Echeverry in his career on hardcourt. Still hasn't played a ton of matches, by the way, 28 and 25 overall. You look for him in terms of quarterfinals on hardcourts. All of them came at the ITF level. I think this is a, a massive opportunity for Stan. Speaks for itself, but there's your pedigree. I think Stan gets through. That's the one upset I'm certain of, of on the day. I think Hercots gets through. I think Evans gets through. We'll get to Murray Dimitrov in a moment. Significant to the draw on the men's side. I got two of them for you. The Michael Moe, John Isner section of the draw is fascinating because one of Moe, Isner, Draper, Hercots is getting through. And yes, again, Hercots has been the best of them clearly of late, but... Do you feel that confident about Hubie Hurricots getting through all of those guys? Mo Isner, two Americans. Isner on the retirement tour. If he faces Hurricots, you know we're getting at least two tie breaks in that match. You know, the physicality Michael Mo brings to every match that he fa- uh, plays can do a little bit of everything, plus has that bazooka of a first serve. It's an All-American second-round matchup, obviously, one to get excited about, but I think one of those guys has a real shot at round number four of this event. And then... Berrettini versus Rinder Kanesh. And why is this significant to the draw? Not because I think Rinder Kanesh goes on a massive run, because Matteo Berrettini was dominant in his first round straight set upset of Ugo Umberin. If he knocks off Rinder Kanesh in a similarly dominant fashion, he has either, you know, if it is Andre Rublev in round three on serious upset alert, if Monfi knocks off Rublev. Berrettini gets through that. Now he's really dangerous heading into week number two. I'm watching for Berrettini because, again, he gets another definitive victory. We got to start talking about him in an upper echelon conversation. What he does is so easy to repeat, and when he's in form, he's so successful at doing that in a three out of five set format. So, Mo Isner, Berrettini, Rinder, Kanesh, my two most significant to the draw matches. You wouldn't 
ordinarily think of. I got five fun battles. I think Sinner versus Sinego is really fun. Now, Sinner's 2-0 and in the career head-to-head. But, you know, again, Sinego's going to come out swinging. That will be a significant test for Sinner. And so if he passes it once again with flying colors, I think that Rublev Alcaraz, uh, excuse me, that Alcaraz Sinner perspective quarterfinal, though you have to get through Zverev first. We'll get there when we get there. But boy, what a Sinner Alcaraz, or honestly, a Zverev Alcaraz quarterfinal. Those are both very, very fun scenarios, I think, for tennis fans to look forward to. And Zverev, by the way, he's going to face a shot maker tomorrow in Daniel Altmaier. I think Zverev gets through, but, you know, again, when he gets shaky, Altmaier will take advantage of that and pounce. So that's going to be a fun matchup. I mentioned Rublev Monfi. How can that not be on the list here? And look, I mean, Andre Rublev struggled in the North American hardcore stretch. First round losses to McDonald, Rusevori, respectively. Now, get a straight set win over the lucky loser, Kazo. Uh, yesterday in round one, you look for the career head-to-head. It's 1-1 between Rublev and Monfi. They played in Cincy. It was a 6-6 six and six win for Rublev back in 2021. Haven't played since. You know, Kyle's actually had a pretty solid North American hardcore stretch Wins two matches in D.C. before getting knocked down three by Greek Spore. Quarters Canada. Round of 16 since he wins over Demon Nori before getting knocked out by Djokovic. Four-set win for him over Taro Daniel in round one. He's had the better North American hardcore summer than Rublev, but three out of five sets, obviously a different sort of beast. I should probably have that in an upset alert out of deference to the consistency Rublev has shown at the majors this season. Quarters Wimbledon, where he got knocked out by Djokovic. I believe it was round of... Okay, Sonego Roland Garros wasn't great, but what was the Australian Open? Quarters knocked out by Djokovic. You look at what he did last season, I think it was similarly consistent. Quarters U.S. Open knocked out by Tiafo. Quarters French Open knocked out by Chilich. Third round knocked out by Chilich at the Australian Open. Obviously, wasn't able to play Wimbledon last year. It's going to be a good match. Probably should have been an upset alert. I'm going to have Rublev advancing in a tight four, but again, that one gets fun. If Wui Bing hadn't gone five sets with Lajovic in round two, he and Demonauer would be in my top five, but I just wonder how much Wui Bing has left in the tank. Demon, a four-set winner in round one. I think he gets through quietly top 10 win percentage on hard courts this season amongst top 50 players on the ATP Tour. And then Nicholas Yari versus Alex Mickelson is my nerd alert on the men's side. Look, Yari's five days younger than me. Shout out the bar mitzvah date. Shout out same birthday as Michael Azza party. Um, big serve, big forehand. I want to see how the 19-year-old Mickelson not only handles that pace, but how he dishes out his own pace and how Yari handles that. Are Mickelson's weapons real or did he just have all the time in the world against Ramos Vinolas in round number one? If Mickelson wins that match, again, 19 years old, inching closer and closer to the top 100, he just has to start entering discussions in terms of the broader picture when you look at the American men right now. And obviously, there's a lot to be happy about. Nine American men, I I think 11 American women through to the second round. You're hoping to get at least 10 combined to round number three. If we can get five to the second week, maybe even six, if we get the three men and three women, Keys, Pagula, Goff. Fritz, Tiafo, Paul, things could start to get really fun 
uh, that second week if one of them can just make it to championship weekend. That said, summary, top five must-watch matches on the men's side. Yari, Mickelson, five. Sinner, Senego, four. Demon, Wooey, Bing, three. Even though I'm a little worried about Wooey, Bing. Because if he's healthy, that match is awesome. Dimitrov Murray's number two for me. And for those of you curious, Dimitrov three and eight against Murray for his career. Now, they haven't played since 2016. A lot has changed for both guys since then. Kids, hips, COVIDs, injuries, all sorts of different things. Again, 8-3 Murray in the career head-to-head. Murray, very comfortable in his straight set round one victory over quarantine. Moutet executed the attack the backhand, wait for him to pop one up. Pinch it off with a volley brilliantly. Dimitrov had to come back from two sets to love down. Had to fight off three match points. Does so 7-6 in the fifth over Molchan. Again, for a rare moment where Murray comes into a second match at a major fresher than his opponent. I think Murray gets through. But Dimitrov's had a really good year so far this season. His best since 2017. Murray in four. That that's that, that four sets is my number on the men's side on day four. Day four four sets. I think Murray gets through, and you know again Murray gets through to round number three. That would set up a matchup I believe between he and likely Alex Zverev. Again, that would be a fun battle. Hercott Draper, my number one must watch match of the day. So again, Yari Mickelson five, Sinner Senego four, Demon Hour Wooey Bing three, Dimitrov Murray two, Hercott Draper one. That's the ATP side of things. On the WTA side, I think you're going to get a lot of straightforward matches as we turn towards day number four schedule of play. Now, again, you have some top seeds in action, no doubt. Everyone's looking forward to Arena Sabalenka, who was very dominant in round one. I think she's going to be dominant in round two against a Jody Barrage. You have a Jessica Pagula against a Patricia Teague. I think Pagula is going to advance pretty comfortably in straight sets. Samsonova Korpat, same thing. Muhova Freak, same thing. I think the top seeds are going to look good. Much by, by the way, like I think Alcaraz and Medvedev are going to continue to cruise on the men's side. I have three women's seeds in my upset alert category now. You know, all three of them. Oh, no. Two of the three happen to be in my top five matches. Jabernoskova is number one for me. I'll get into that in a little bit. Kasakina Kennan is three for me. I'll start there. There's a little bit of a background between these two. They've played three times. Kennan, two and one in the career head-to-head. And by the way, with her first round straight set victory, Sonia Kennan back into the top 100 of the live rankings. I think it's a really good matchup for Sonia Kennan. Again, someone who doesn't have the massive weapons to get her stretch. Kennan's going to have time to get into her playbook, mix in the drop shots with the down the lines, the lobs, the short angles. Kasekina will give her time to do all of those things. And, you know, unlike Parks, I don't expect Kennan to offer as many unforced errors throughout the course of that round two battle. Now, Kasekina did great to adjust the depth of her ground strokes, did great to push Parks off the baseline in her three set round one victory. But I think Kennan can play a little defense. You know, again, will be a little bit more willing to play defense, and I think she'll turn that defense into offense a little bit more successfully. 
2-1 in the career head-to-head. Now, both of Kennan's wins were three-set wins on hard courts. Dubai, Miami, respectively. Kasakina, a straight-set victory over Kennan in Sydney at the start of 2022. But obviously, that was a completely different Sonia Kennan. This is an excellent litmus test for both players. Kasakina gets through two tough American opening round matches. I'll stop putting her on this list. Kennan gets through. Now you got to start saying, all right, she's getting a little momentum headed towards 2024. And again, Sonia Kennan doesn't turn 25 until November. She's still got a lot of career in front of her. This is an excellent, you know, again, opportunity for her to reintroduce herself to the American crowd, get them excited, knock off a seed. I think it's going to be a very physical match. I'm going to take Kennan to pull off the upset. I think she does it 6-2 in the third. I think that match is going to be really fun. And then, look, Petra Martic, after a very impressive win over Tatiana Maria in straight sets in round one, can absolutely beat Marie Bozhkova in round number two. You know, again, uh, Boshkova straight set win over Ashlyn Kruger in her opening round match. Martich can slice, Martich can dice, Martich can do all sorts of different things to make Boshkova uncomfortable. That match is just going to get physical. Martich is going to have opportunities to hit the big forehand, move in behind it. I think Boshkova gets through in, sh- in three, but I think that match is very fun. I think that match has to go on upset alert. So again, Jabir Noskova, Kasakina Kennan, Bozhkova, Martich. Those are my three upset alert matches. Significant to the draw. Is Jung Chin Wen the favorite to get to the quarters in her section? Now her top eight seed is on Jabir, who again has a really tough one against Noskova after a tough one of over Osorio. We don't know how healthy Jabir is right now. Bozhkova is the seed in the section, but... You know, if you're Chin Wen, you feel like you have the biggest weapons on the court unequivocally in that matchup. That's the other seeds. The other players are Lise, Bronzetti, you know, the younger Noskova, your, you know, Martich, and then her opponent, Kaya Kanepi, who obviously has always can pull off a big win at a major. You feel like whenever she's an underdog, that's when she's most dangerous. You could argue the favorite of uh, the winner to win uh, of this match is just straight up the favorite moving forward. If Kanepi does look that impressive, given again the lack of certainty surrounding Jabir right now, also if you're Chin Wen again, a real opportunity to get to week four of week four, week number two, round number four of this event. Now, yeah, that with the title in Palermo in July, you made round of sixteen in Cincy. Building some serious momentum to end this season as she approaches turning 22 in October and then again turning the page towards 2024 where she will be a top 30 player to start the season and right in strike zone to make another push towards the top 15, top 10, which I think her ceiling indicates she could reach. I mean, again, if Chin Wen earns a definitive victory over Kanepi, she could absolutely, you know, you start to build some buzz around her making a quarterfinal type of run. So she has to be on this list. And then one of Wang Yafan, Katie Bolter, Peyton Stearns, and Clara Tossin is making the fourth round. Wang Yafan plays Bolter, Stearns play Tossin, winners play winners. At winner of that advances to round number four. It's the unseeded player who's making the second week. It's one of those four. And Stearns versus Tossin is just straight up an exceptional match. There is going to be power. There's going to be plus one. Two Crack Rackets favorites. Obviously one of my favorite matches of the day. It's number two on my list behind Naskova and Jabir. I think Stearns... Ooh. Hmm. 
I think Stearns advances because I like her first serve just a little bit better and her ability to create for herself a little bit easier in this match. But I think that one goes three sets. I'll take Stearns 6-4 in the third. Fun battle of the day, Svitolina, Pavlochenkova. Come on, how can that not be exciting? They've played five times in their career. Pavlochenkova, 3-2 career head-to-head. They haven't played since Rome 2020. Obviously, a lot's changed for both since then. Svitolina has to enter the favorite, coming off of her straight set round one victory. Pavlochenkova, for what it's worth, did beat Crawley in straights in round one as well. I expect Svitolina to advance to round three, but again, Two former top 10 players, a slam finalist for Pavlochenkova, top five player in the world if you're Svitolina. Reason to get excited, I think, if you're a tennis fan. And then who doesn't like a battle of lefties? Vondrosova, Trevisan, in on that battle. Uh, my top five of the day, Chin Wen versus Knepp 5 Svitolina, Pavlochenkova, 4, Kasatkina, Kenin, 3, Stearns, Tossin, 2, and then Jabur Noskova won. And look, if Anjabur is fully healthy, it's a different discussion because she has the ability to hit Linda Noskova off center, to stretch Noskova outside of the outer third of the court, to draw her forward into an uncomfortable position, to just prevent Linda Noskova from doing what Noskova wants to do. I don't know how healthy Jabur is right now. And I do wonder, again, tracking down when Noskova does connect that pace and then firing up a chip lob that just sits there for Noskova to set her feet and swing freely again. It's not going to work as well for her. You know, Noskova will not produce as many errors on those sorts of balls as Osorio did in round number one. And Noskova will be relentless in attacking. Any slice that does float, she will have an ability to punish now, again, if Jabur is feeling better and better with every progressing round that she was able to weather the storm in round number one, if she's able to pick up her first serve percentage, if she's able to play on her front foot a little bit more definitively, again, her ability to play off speed is the sort of disruption you need, or that is particularly successful right now against Anaskova, who is still working on her fluidity in and out of the corners and applying her aggression in those corners. But when she has her feet set, again, Noskova has top 15 sort of power, top 15 sort of aggression, maybe even better than that. She's going to win some free points behind that first serve as well. How healthy is Jabur? This is a really tough test for her. I think she gets through in a very, well, I don't know if she can get through. And th- I think if Noskova gets to a third, she takes this match. <sighs> How healthy is Anshabur? Is this the upset I want to predict on the day? <sighs> no. Um, is Naskova ready? Finals in Prague on hard courts earlier this summer. Beats Samsonova, beats Kvitova in Cincinnati. She's ready. I think this is the one. I think Naskova pulls off the upset. Again, it's not the healthiest Anshabur. I'm not holding this against her at all moving forward. I do think Linda Naskova makes her move here. That's my match of the day. Again, Chinwen Kanepi 5, Svitolina Pavlochenkova 4, Kasikina Kenin 3, Stearns Tossin 2, Jabur Noskova number 1. Those are your top five women's matches, your top five men's matches. Yari versus Mickelson, Sinner versus Sinego, Demon versus Wui Bing, Dimitrov Murray, and Hercots Draper. That's your look at day number four, of course, for all recap content. Head on over to the Mini Break Podcast feed where we're recapping every day of the U.S. Open. A shout-out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of our content possible. 
With all that said, again, these daily preview shows will come out about 4 p.m., 5 p.m. Eastern time each and every day through the first 10 days of the major. When things start to slow down, we may consolidate everything over on that mini break podcast feed. With that said, for our fantastic super producer, Daniel Westoff, and everyone here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.